Hey guys, welcome to the Jay's Little Podcast. We got a special episode for you guys here. This is the recap of the Barber Monday before Thanksgiving event. It was actually yesterday. Uh, I know Rick and myself are still reeling from it, but uh, we want to take a couple minutes and tell you guys uh, how our events went and uh, some of the cool things we saw. Uh, if you were there, I'm sure you uh, shared some of these cool memories with us. If you weren't, please make sure you're there next year and uh, uh, talk to your friends about how it went because it was awesome. But uh, uh, Rick, you, uh, you all rested up from yesterday? Man, I woke up with a smile on my face, and I was really sore from all the track time I had. But, man, it was a blast. Well, you know, I tell you, the, probably the big elephant in the room that everyone was talking about, uh, first off, it was an awesome event. We had a lot of, you know, cool people. James uh, took the initiative and invited a bunch of really cool guys from the industries, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but it was the track repave, and uh, to be honest, I didn't even really think about it before I got there. Um, but, uh, for me, I found that, that I thought it was, uh, I really didn't notice too much. And some of the seams were missing, all the lines felt the same, but what was your thoughts on the, on the track surface? You know, it, for the first few laps, it didn't make much of a difference, but, uh, and I heard this throughout the day, people were setting the be- their personal bests at the track with the new pavement. Uh, so it clearly offered more grip. Um, uh, but I, I'm kind of with you, Gino, I didn't notice it except that a few things were a little bit faster, uh, but as the day wore on, did you start to notice that the car uh, behaved a little bit differently? The tires howled at a, a very low limit, but they stuck and they, they really gripped pretty well. Well, you know, that's a funny story. I'm, I'm happy you brought it up. I was driving Jack's, uh, the V6 Beyond, obviously, and he had a new set of RS4s on it and they were howling so bad in the morning. Um, I actually brought the car into the pit and I said, there's something rubbing on this car. Uh, we couldn't find anything, and we just kept going. And, and throughout the day, well, there was new tires of the surface. They were always howling. It got a little better. But, um, yeah, it was a little eerie. I mean, uh, going into some of the hairpins, you'd go in there, and, and they, they would make a loud, very distinct howling noise. And, and I thought for sure it was a tire rub. But, um, you know, and it's funny you said that most people were saying their personal best because uh, I know Matt and the Janetta did. I know um, of quite a few people, including you, that set, you know, really good times. But on the other half, there was a bunch of people that said they were seconds off. And I talked to a couple of guys that were that. So um, I don't know if I chalk it up to the surface, but you know what it might be. And uh, I wish I could go back and, and, and ask other opinions again. I bet you they're missing a lot of their sight lines. You used to be able to see the grooves, you know, in the carousel and, and, and certain breaking points. And I bet you not having that. They're having to relearn them and they might be relearning them at the wrong places, but that's entirely possible. That would that would actually make a lot of sense because I don't have that much experience there. I didn't have uh, anything other than a Danny Stein video that I watched on uh, YouTube before the bridge was even there. Uh, but, you know, the curbs were still the same, but all the tar snakes and, and other uh, reference points were gone. So uh, the other thing that was interesting was the car would hop. Uh, and I, Sonny just mentioned uh, that the pavement uh, can cause the car to hop. Um, something about new pavement affects the way the tires break away. And I, I noticed that in several spots. Yeah. Well, you know, again, that's one of those things where uh, hopefully in the future, when we go back, um, I, I encourage everyone to re- review their videos and um, I may be mistaken, but we're probably one of the first groups uh, to be back there since the repave. Um, but again, interesting nonetheless, um, you know, again, if, uh, if you guys were there, I'd be curious, maybe reach out and let us know what your opinions were on that. And, uh, Maybe as a, as a group, we can learn uh, the next time we go back to be a little quicker. But um, some other things that kind of mentioned uh, earlier, uh, James took this as a, unfortunately, it's, it's our last event of the year. 
Um, but he invited a bunch of cool people. I know Adam and uh, Seth Thomas from the Driving Club of Atlanta were there in, in, the, in his M3. Um, RJ and Kevin were there from the Atlanta Speed Company. Um, who else am I missing? I think, uh, obviously. Uh, Andrew Rains with uh, Apex. Yeah, Andrew Rains was there from Apex Pro. And, uh, again, Andrew, he's uh, probably one of the, the experts there. And uh, that's a real exciting partnership. Uh, you know, we did an episode dedicated to, to track that and things like that. And I guess from my understanding, James is going to be doing a lot of stuff with Apex Pro. Um, Eric Meyer from NASA, who's a, you know, a steam, a steam instructor, was there. Actually, kind of a small while, I did my uh, level two MSF course with him. So it was good to see him out there. But, um, yeah, for you guys that are more curious about the data, uh, get with James, get with Andrew. Um, they were gracious. They were there all day. And I think they demoed like 30 units. And um, I never got a chance to do anything because I was taxing all day. But uh, for you guys next year, that I'm real excited about that partnership. Uh, reach out to James um, and, uh, and maybe Kevin Bandy and uh, get some more information on that. So that was a cool thing. Um, did you uh, anything uh, exciting that you saw out there, Rick, uh, for, as far as you- next year? You know, a, a couple of things, and, and we've been working really hard on what is the tone of these events. Um, you know, this whole focus on individual accountability. We had a clean event. We had, uh, I think, one car towed in, and it took about a minute or two to get them towed in, and it was a minor uh, mechanical. And other than that, there were a couple of two-wheel offs. There were, you know, one or two four-wheel offs. And overall, an, an extremely clean event, which is good. Because these tracks pay attention to our reputation as a group, not just as Jay Zilla, but as the kind of people that come to Jay Zilla. And uh, we, we had a rough time the first time we were there this year, uh, oiling down the track and a couple of cars broke uh, in big ways. But uh, this was very clean, uh, very respectable, and it was nice to close the season on a high note. Gotcha. Well, I know he did the same thing for you and uh, he did for me, but uh, James got some uh... – some really cool backstage access to bar right. I didn't know they had all those facilities over there. So um, I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy your tour of the, of the, of the place? Yeah. So James actually got us into the Mercedes proving grounds, uh, which is, I believe also used by the Porsche experience over there uh, for some of the other modules, but they have the biggest skid pad I've ever seen. It's like half a football field. Uh, and then they've got a, what looks like a giant autocross course, a uh, giant version of what road Atlanta has including a bank uh, turn like the Nürburgring carousel and just all kinds of awesome facility over there for the Mercedes proving ground. Um, Fun to see, fun to see what these other manufacturers are doing. And uh, I'd I'd love to get on it sometime. I think that'd be the the ticket. I agree. Well, all right. So kind of one thing that I thought was cool uh, since me and you started the podcast, this was actually our first event since uh, recording all these episodes. And uh, obviously one of our favorite guests was Fred and his ZL11LE, and he was gracious enough to let us both drive that car. Um, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that car. So we're talking about a 650-horsepower uh, monster of a Camaro. Um, and, you know, I've driven a bunch of quick cars, powerful stuff. Haven't driven actually that configuration or even that hard. So uh, what was your opinion in your couple laps? And uh, maybe we'll compare notes here. Man, I'm going to have an unusual and unpopular opinion. I was completely overwhelmed by that car and uh, drove it very, very poorly for my uh, two and a half laps. Um, That car is an absolute monster, but it's so subtle and so quiet when you're inside. Uh, I found it very strange. I I ran into the rev limiter several times, not realizing that it had wound up and it just goes so quick. Uh, but not only does it go, I mean, you expect an American muscle car to go. 
It's the stopping that blew me away and the grip in the corners. Uh, that thing clearly outgrips the Miata and it clearly outbreaks the Miata. Uh, it is just a fantastic all around car. Now, and I agree with you again. It's, uh, I was so impressed driving that car. Um, I took a bunch of corners just in the wrong lines trying to pass cars. Uh, because let's be honest, when you're driving that car, you can pass whoever you want. And for a guy like me that's used to low horsepower cars, that was uh, that was super nice. But uh, the thing that impressed me the most about that car was the suspension. Um, obviously, the power was breathtaking. But um, going around cars offline, it just you could be ridiculous with that car. And I, I was telling Fred, it's almost scary because you know, again, me and you're probably going, you know, five, six tenths. And, um, if you're, if you're all out, you know, 10 tenths in that car, it'd be scary fast, but I was really impressed with it. Um, I'm just like you, it was so quiet. I ran into the rev limiter a couple of times. Uh, you know, you think it'd be loud and, and, and snarling and things like that. It really wasn't. It was, it was quiet and it was relatively tame. I had him leave the car and I think it was sport two on the track. I didn't want to go in race mode, uh, not having driven the car before, but, uh, uh, fun time, and uh, I'm curious uh, to to see again well, down the future. Maybe he'll let us drive it again, and uh, maybe have somewhere like Road Atlanta. But uh, it was really cool. But um, moving on a little bit, so if uh, if you guys see Fred, uh, maybe he'll give you a ride. I promise you, you want to experience that car um, if you can. But um, anything exciting for you? Any any damage you got into your car? I saw you uh, changing oil filters or cans what, what was your day like <laughs> well I, I did leverage all of the advice that was used in the podcast on tools to bring to the racetrack i used my paper towels my toe dolly and my gloves <laughs> and i'd just like to point out that these are very important things to bring to a track uh, and i did I, there was a post on facebook in our group of somebody else using their very high quality zip ties to hold their splitter on so we we have touched on useful information in this podcast but that aside, I saw you drive a certain car, Gino, and it looked suspiciously like a real race car. What'd you drive? <laughs> well, I tell you, so I, I got to back up a little bit just to kind of tell you how my weekend was going. So a uh, little Jay's little connection. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I was at Coda with AOA Motorsports, um, and I was with a bunch of Jay's little guys. Obviously, John DeBarros was there. And uh, we had a good run. It was my first time at Coda. Scott Alexander, uh, David Fusco was uh, was also there. So some alumni from our group. Uh, we had a good race on Saturday. One of our cars finished uh, uh, second. Had a little bit of a rougher Sunday. Um, and as part of the Sunday, I, I ended up triple sending a car uh, at Coda. And as soon as it was done, I literally had to rush to the airport, jump on a plane, went to Houston, then to Birmingham. So I arrived really late. And I was really nervous because I didn't have a car to taxi anyone. So I was just coming just to hang out. Uh, and Jack, obviously, wherever he's at, his cars, I always have access to it. And so I was tooling around with that. And surprisingly, cars just kept flowing in. So uh, Southern Fresh uh, himself with his Protégé 5. Uh, Joe, he uh, let me drive him for a couple laps in the, in the PR5, which I enjoyed. Um, Jason Centelli was there, and he had his brand-new 5-liter Mustang. Never been tracked, and I didn't know it at the time. But he said, take it out, and he right-seated. I was the first one to take his brand-new car on the track, so I kind of feel bad about it. And he let us drive and taxi people in that car all day. Um, but uh, one of the highlights uh, for me was Matt Isbell was there, and Matt's uh, become a friend of mine. I raced with him a little bit. And he had his, uh, his Janetta uh, LMP3 car there. You guys, everyone knows the car. 
and we were kind of hanging out, and I don't even know how this happened. And to be honest, I still can't believe it's even true. Uh, we're hanging out talking about his, his buddy had a Corvette he built, and he looks at me and says, hey, session about to start. Grab your helmet. And uh, he, I walk over. I'm thinking, all right, Matt's going to give me a ride in the Corvette. It was a, a, a beautiful uh, C, C506 that him and his friend had there. And uh, before you know it, we're walking by the, uh, the prototype, and he says, hey, can you help me put this bonnet on? So I'm lifting it. I feel like I'm, you know, a Rolex 24 crew member. We're latching it on. I think, man, this is so cool. And then he says, hey, jump in there. Put your helmet on and jump in. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get a photo in this thing on my helmet. I'm going to look so cool. So I'm sitting in there. I jump in. It's a tight fit. If you guys have ever seen the Genetta, it's, it's like a spaceship. Um, if, uh, if you're a sports car fan, it, it's the real deal. And uh, sitting in it, you know, barely fit. I'm looking at just, you know, if you're a race car guy, there's nothing quite like this. And um, before you know, he's telling me, hey, now, when you go out there, you got to hit this button, put this to the clutch, do this. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, I'm going to push you out here in a couple minutes, do this. And by now, I'm thinking he's just joking. And, and it took me a couple of seconds to realize he's being serious. Um, and he's like, hey, listen, I trust you. I wouldn't let you do this if I don't. Um, and he actually let me take this car out for a session. Um, and I, I'm still speechless about it because it was, it was really a dream come true. Um, I never asked him to do it. And he just uh, offered up to me. And um, the fact that he trusts me with, with that, you know, expensive of a car um, blows me away. But um, I'm a little embarrassed. I, I didn't realize how hard that car is to actually get going. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a sequential transmission paddle shift. There's a clutch in it. Um, you use the clutch only to get the car out of the paddock. Um, and he, you know, I stalled it probably 16 times, but um, nevertheless, he was uh, just some of the things It's an aero car. And uh, I think he said it was right now somewhere under 600 horsepower. It weighs nothing. Um, it's, it was really interesting. I've never driven aero cars. I've driven a bunch of supercars and, and race cars. And he was like, Hey, when you go out there, don't hit curbs. I'm like, you know, that's not like me. And, uh, he was like, you don't want to let air get underneath that car. Uh, otherwise, you know, it, he was, he wanted me to drive this car, not go out there and do parade laps. So, um, I still can't believe it. Um, went out there, had a lot of fun. I was probably at 30% pace. Um, but it's something I'll never, ever forget. Um, it's just, uh, again, it was a dream come true. A part of me, though, I got to tell you, Rook, I'm a little bit um, sad about it because there is no street car I'll ever drive uh, that will be quite like that car. Um, and that's kind of a sad thing when you think about it. But, you know, we talk about Ferraris and McLarens and um, there is no car I'm ever going to drive uh, that will ever be quite like that. Um, and I'm forever thankful for him letting me do it. And uh, just again, that was not your, your normal track day. No, certainly not your normal track day. Can you describe what it was like to go on to the back straight and go through the kink? You 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 relayed this to us after you got out of the car. And I don't know if you'll even remember what you said, but you, you said it made the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah, it's, uh you know, so keeping in mind, I, I'm proudly a, a low horsepower car driver. I take pride in the fact that um, the cars I drive are, are momentum cars. Um, I enjoy getting high horsepower cars. You know, again, I got into to Fred's uh, ZL1, and and that was just fun. This was such a different experience. You're you're sitting right in between the in the wheels of the car, um, and uh, I, I tell you, I go, I try to go every year to the to the Rolex 24, and so I'm a sports car fan. And uh, you know, again, I I never thought I would get to experience anything close to that. Um, you know, I've looked at maybe driving like a NASA prototype, which uh, isn't anything near like this was. 
Um, but it, it was funny. I, I, I feel like I got, you know, a decent pace. I was probably at 30, 40% the whole time. Uh, Matt was actually yelling at me. He was like, man, you weren't revving the car up. You know, you got revved out more. Um, but what surprised me is going down the back stretch in that car, um, going through, going through the little chicane in the back, you could feel the air. Um, when you let off the gas, you just feel the car sit And uh, you know, again, I, I've never really driven quite an aero car like that. And, uh, it was just, it, it was unbelievable going, um, up over the tunnel. You could really feel that car just, just sit down and it wasn't a mechanical grip feeling side to side. It was more like you could just, uh, the car would compress, um, and it, it was unbelievable. The ferocious, I, I'll never forget the noise uh, being in the car. Um, it sounded just like, you know, again, what you see on TV, watching a sports car race, um, going through the gears, the transmission, everything was so loud. Um, it's, uh, there was nothing smooth about the car. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I, I'm proud to say after driving it, it's not as intimidating as it looks, um, but just the few laps I was out there, it's uh, – it's almost surprising because the the closing ratio um, was like anything I've ever seen. I'm talking closing up on other cars at at my three or four tenths pace. Uh, you know, you're catching Corvettes and things like at 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 speeds that uh, if you're not paying attention, it would be actually quite dangerous. And uh, and you got to think about them too. They they look in the mirror. And you show this car uh, that just comes out of nowhere because it gets off the corner so quickly. Um, and I was surprised Matt explained the difference. Uh, you know, that car is a mechanical grip car. Uh, versus, you know, an aero car. And there's a fine line when the mechanical grip is up, you've got to quickly get to that aero grip. And uh, I, I'll never get to that kind of pace. So I have to worry about that. But, uh, again, it's, uh, it was, uh, I hate to say it, but it made the ZL1 look uh, almost like just pedestrian, like, you know, nothing, no, no big deal. No big deal. 600 horsepower, no big deal. <laughs> and, and what a weekend of racing. To podium at Coda, uh, you know, have an unbelievable triple stint to end it. Drive the Janetta. I mean, that, that's like uh, automotive Disneyland. But, but we got to bring you down a little bit. <laughs> I heard you went two wheels off somewhere on this track. You were you were one of those people that couldn't keep it on the track. What happened? So Jenna? you know, there is. I could come up with a bunch of different excuses. Uh, I was driving the V6 Mianda. Uh, Jack was actually in the passenger seat. So I'll give you maybe some of the reasons why I made this. I guess you could say a mistake. I call it a fantastic save, but um, it's a, you know, every single event, me and you seem to get together and we have these two cars in the paddock, your turbo Miata, and we have Jack's V6 uh, Miata or the Miata as it were. And uh, it's always kind of fun to benchmark the cars and kind of see where we're quicker and faster. But in this situation, just to give you a little mindset, I'm sitting in the paddock, uh, our group's about to go. I think it was a yellow or red group, and, I, and it really didn't matter. But um, I'm strapping in the car. We're about to go shake the car down. Actually, like we mentioned, this was after we came out to that tire howling, which scared me. So me and Jack, so let's go back out again and see if it goes away. It's probably nothing. Strapping in, ready to go out there and shake the car down. Tires are cold. And sure enough, we see you pull up behind us after your group, and then you don't come in. You want to go back out right behind us. And then Fred's there, and we talked about maybe getting some footage, and there was no better time than then. So, you know, again, we were kind of dicing it up. And uh, going into the corkscrew once, uh, Jack's car has a weird tendency where the back t- tends to isn't super, uh, isn't super stable. And uh, I've always kind of driven around it. However, at the corkscrew, you really can't get away with it because the way the track falls away. So one lap we went in there and kind of got a little sideways, and Jack said, hey, mate, you might want to let the tires warm up. 
And I'm kind of like, screw you, Rick's behind us. We're not letting him get up to us. And uh, we tried it again the next time, and the rear end just kind of got around just a little bit, and uh, we may have gone four off. Somebody says there's video somewhere, but um, I say it was barely two off. So so now we can give you the real description of what happened. Gino was upset because we came out of the, uh, what is that, uh, four, five, six, uh, the horseshoe. And I was gaining on him. And he didn't like that. And he was on cold tires. And he tried to break the toe and he zigzagged back and forth. And then he went up on the corner and thought, I'll outbreak Rick. And it did not go very well. So I see the car pitch in and he's doing okay. And then I see a lot of smoke from the back tires. And then I see the wheels actually completely freeze up with a big counter steer. And then the car goes all the way off in the dirt and the grass and everything else. And Fred and I slow down like gentlemen and wait for Gino to come back on the track with the car's owner uh, needing new underwear. And we let them proceed. And for some reason, the track officials black flag Gino after all this. And I, I don't know what happened. We, we had a chat afterwards, but uh, it was, well, a, it was a great save, Gino. You, you made a really responsible decision after looking at the video. You could have snapped that car the other way, trying to save it all the way, and it worked out nicely. Well, I'll just elaborate a little bit. Back to being serious. Um, no, for sure. It was one of those things where I took the corner way too hot. Um, it's going to happen to somebody. And uh, it was one of those things where uh, two reasons. Had I been by myself, maybe I would have tried to save it. Um, but I had a passenger. It wasn't my car, number one. And number two, you know, again, when, when you're in a tracking environment, had I been racing, I definitely would have tried to save the car. Um, but I made the decision to go left and dump the car. Um, and so, you know, again, as you guys get more experience in track this stuff, um, again, mind you, I've been the barber, have a bunch of laps there. Uh, sometimes when you, when things go wrong, you've got to just bail out and pick the safe option. And uh, this is why I'm happy I did. I looked at the video again. Yeah, I probably could have went back right and maybe had a cool save, but. Um, there's a wall there, and, and looking back, it was never worth the risk. Um, and also, too, I would like to point out that you are the 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 chief of safety, and I can't believe you made them black flag me. <laughs> uh, you were just upset that I was catching you. It's all good. Could be the case, but uh, yeah, nevertheless. <laughs> hey, what a so obviously the Janetta was there. What a what was one of your favorite cars you saw there? We had a a real eclectic group at a bunch of BMWs. Uh, what was one of your uh, some of your top cars you saw out there this weekend? Man, that's a good question. So, as always, it's Barber, and there's usually a, a group of a Porsche contingent there, and there were some beautiful Porsches. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of watching one of them spin out very gracefully in turn one. No issues, didn't hit anything. It was very safe, but uh, it was fun to run away from a 911 at Barber. Uh, but aside from that, there there was a – I don't even know how to describe this as – other than it looks like a dually truck with no bed on it. <laughs> and it's really pretty quick. What is that thing? Do you have any idea? You know, I've seen that truck at Barber or this would be at AMP. And uh, if, if anyone knows who that is, let somebody let, let us know because uh, me and Rick would like to ask him some questions uh, because that's uh, one of the more unique ones. I tell you, for me, I've seen the car actually a couple weeks ago at a channel event at Road Atlanta. Uh, but somebody's running a Tesla. I think it's the Model 3. And from my understanding, he's charging it in between sessions and he's got this down to a science of he knows how much he needs to charge his car before the next session. So that was uh, kind of shows the way of the future. I've not seen the car at Atlanta and it was cool to see it out there running with us at Barber. But um, that was uh, you know, we had all the regular faces out there, uh, but we did have uh, some really cool cars uh, out there at Barber with us. But 
um, I guess, uh, you know, again, that's uh, the way of the future. We have guys charging cars between sessions now. Yeah, that was pretty wild to listen to uh, that gentleman talk about his his Tesla. And it was reasonably quick. I, he was running 150s out there and, uh, you know, he's having a blast doing it. So it was pretty cool to see. Awesome. Well, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, again, that was our kind of our experience. Did you incur any damage or anything like that? Did your car make it home safe? Yeah, uh, all clean here. I, I mean, I genuinely believe that everybody that showed up with a running car left with a running car. And, uh, you know, we had a, a nice, clean event. I want to thank everybody that came out and was responsible and uh, paid attention. I mean, that's uh, the best thing we can do to end the season. Uh, it was great. I, now, I will call out Kevin Kett. He managed to throw rocks through the window of my car and into my helmet. Uh, that's just an <laughs> argument for keeping your visor down. But uh, I do want to thank Kevin for nearly taking my eye out with a rock on the racetrack. You know, I'll jump in on that too. I I have a bad habit, and and I and I will do a race, and I still do it. My, I usually have my visor up. I kept getting rocks on it too, so I wonder if that has something to do with the new surface being so clean or whatever it is. But uh, more than usual, of any event I've been to this year, I had more stuff come in my helmet uh, than anything. So that that was a little strange. You mentioned that as well, but and Kevin's giving me a hard time because Kevin said, "Hey, you want to drive my BRZ?" And I was like, "No, I, you know, again, not really my type of car." Uh, you know, again. I'm more of the slower car, and he sees me go out in the uh, in the LMP3 car. So, Kevin, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, maybe I'll drive to Atlanta next year. But uh, uh, really fun event. Uh, thank you guys to everyone that came out. Thanks to all the feedback that were out there. We're going to try to do one of these um, after every event we go to next year. And uh, So if you have any cool stories or anything you want to share with us, please come find us. And uh, um, I guess Death of Winter will be the first one. When is that, in March? I believe so, yeah. I mean, the new calendar's up. There's a few events that are in flux still, but – uh, it's going to be a busy season next year. We look forward to planning with everybody and make sure you get a look at the schedule and plan your vacation, whether it's uh, PTO from work or the tricky vacation policy at home. Make sure you uh, plan ahead. Awesome. Well, guys, once again, thank you guys for uh, coming to the Barber event. And uh, again, everyone had a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of cool stories are going to come from it. And uh, I will tell you, I'm, I'm really excited. I got to spend a little bit of time with James and uh, some of the stuff he has planned for you guys next year. Uh, will blow your mind. I can't talk about a lot of it, and I don't even know a lot of it, uh, but between him, uh, you know, again, the, the data with the Apex Pro, uh, some of the things he has uh, on the docket that I heard of are, are things I want to be a part of, so uh, I look forward to seeing all you guys. I know I speak for Rick and myself, uh, all of you that we didn't see, happy holidays, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys in uh, at AMP, but uh, I guess that concludes our recap of Barber the day after, or day before Thanksgiving event. Absolutely. It was a great time. Awesome, guys. All right, Rick, I'll see you at the track. All right. See you, Gino. See you.